This is the Get Out of Here Baldy Podcast, episode 33, March 21st, 2023. This week's Baldy of the Week is Dwight D. Eisenhower. National Day celebration on March 20th, the Feast of St. Joseph. This day in history, March 23rd, 1933, the Enabling Act, the German Reichstag, grants Adolf Hitler dictatorial powers. We talk a little bit about Ben's message last week over Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and the meaninglessness of chasing achievement. We also talk about a few upcoming events for Holy Week. There's a lot of stuff going on at Wyatt Park Christian Church right now. You can stay up to date on what's happening by going to our website, wyattparkcc.org. Thanks for joining us again, friends. We hope you're having a great beginning of spring. And now, let's go get this bread. They're Ben and Aaron, and they love sharing about their love for Jesus and food covered in cheeses. Weird news, history, sports regaled from a generation raised playing Oregon Trail. National celebrations almost every day. There's only one thing I have to say. Don't you point or stare at their lack of hair. Yes, they're follically challenged. So sing along with the biblical Baldy Ballad. Get out of here, Baldy. Get out of here, Baldy. If you don't know what I mean, read 2 Kings chapter 2. Verse 23, get out of here, Baldy, get out of here, Baldy, if you don't know what I mean, if you don't know what I mean, come and take a listen to your two bald kings. Welcome to another episode of the Get Out of Here, Baldy podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Michaud, and I'm joined by, as always, my good and dear friend, and pastor, mm. Ben Hitsfield. Welcome, brother. Good morning to you. We are pretending that it is next Tuesday. We are. Because <laughs> I'll be sitting by a pool. You're going to be... And you'll be moving boxes. Loafing loafing around with the retirees I in Arizona. Gonna, that is, that's going to be my happy thought while yeah. I'm by the pool, is I'm like, Ben's yeah. moving boxes right now. Well, I appreciate that. That's good. So, I mean, and really, it's, you know, we, we've done already a little bit. And so I'm just really not intimidated by the work that's facing me. I just really think it's going to be much easier than any other move. So, but so you're going to be in Arizona with your mom and dad, yeah, and your family. Yeah, we're t- I'm taking the the kids, and because uh, my mom probably wouldn't have helped with flights if I didn't. <laughs> that's that's a powerful grandkids I, yeah. are a good that's right good motivation. Um, so, and what are you guys looking forward to? the most oh i think just one i haven't seen my dad since last summer and so like we kind of started they started splitting time between uh washington and arizona in our later years there but still half the year i got to like live next door to him so it's like it's been kind of sad not seeing my dad so that's probably top of the list i saw mom at thanksgiving so i miss her too but sure i have gotten to break up missing her a little bit so it'll be good to see dad but then I love driving the golf cart. 
So that's a big thing. Like it just makes me feel like that's I could, all people I could drive around in the neighborhood pretty much. So fantastic. Mm. Just golf carts everywhere. And it's just and there's and bikes, no and special the, street. It's just everybody's on Oh yeah. No, the you're regular just cruising. street. Mm-hmm. It's like it is it's so fun cuz I can actually dream of like like what would retirement be like mm-hmm. in this moment. And yeah. I would be I would have a golf cart. And it That's yeah. so cool. So anyway, I, it'll be Love fun. It. Pool time with the boys. Again, just seeing them hang out with my mom is probably one of the the most fun things. Yeah, they just like, a good time. They, they really do like adore each other. Nice. So it'll be great. That's awesome. It'll be great. Well, good. I hope you guys enjoy that time and get some rest. And Dude, just... yeah. And then I, you get to have me over for dinner. Yep. In your new place. We will. When we get we back. will host you guys when you get back. I love it. Yeah, we got some. We'll have some hosting to do. Um, so yeah, looking forward to to making that that transition. Dude, so, fantastic. Yeah. So we got a baldy of the week. I like this one. Uh, <laughs> I like this one. Dwight D. Eisenhower. Yes. Okay, and the reason yeah. I chose him, I, I don't know we're actually going to talk about Dwight much. I but hear you. <clears throat> That's all right. What I was reading was that it has been 70 years mm. since we've had a bald president. And this coincides with the advent of television. So Americans have not voted in a bald president since we started seeing the president on TV. And so I want, I want, I I, again, I don't want to talk about Eisenhower. What I want to talk about is your take. Hmm. Do you think that Americans are biased against balding people? I mean, there's a part of me that says probably a a little bit. (laughs) But, I mean, you find a pretty good amount of them are are bald, you know? So I don't know what what the hang-up there is. Is there any... Hypothesis yeah. to this? You know, I, so I, I have been reading some studies okay. on like first impressions, okay. um, and so people do think that uh, bald people are pr- like probably make less money oh. um, because we oh. now they don't actually think that we're less intelligent necessarily. It's a plus, but they do associate us with um, <laughs> like nefariousness. Okay. So, like the Lex Luthers oh. and the Doctor Evils of the world. So it's not that we're, it's not that we're dumb. Oh, I get it's it. just that we can't be trusted. I get it now. <laughs> yeah. So and there's no like concrete. The proof. best They're villains just, are bald. Yeah, yeah. The best villains are bald. Oh my gosh. Um. So there might be something there. I I think of oh what was that one uh, Mega Mind? Yeah, that's exactly what was going through my, my head. I mean, but it seems like there's a portion of the United States that we're. We some want a bad, per- <laughs> bad president, so why not now? Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about him later. Hitler had hair, folks. I just <laughs> right. I want to say he, he had hair. So yeah, I mean, you, mm. you think about it. We've had Kennedy, yeah, Johnson, who was probably the closest. So okay. I, I was like, dude, that guy was almost bald. Yeah, just about. So I was thinking, but then you looked who he <laughs> ran against. Who was that? I don't remember. Oh. I just remember he was he was actually bald. Oh, okay. So he was the he was the he lesser was the of evils. Less, lesser of evils when it comes to yeah, bald go. male bald male pattern baldness. And then you got Nixon, mm. uh, Ford, mm. Carter, Reagan had a head of hair. That was yeah, he did. Bush, Clinton had a head of hair too. The other <laughs> yes, Bush, he did. yeah, both both Clinton and 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 George W. had had. I mean, the silver fox hair, man. Yeah, just you know, and then of course Obama. Uh, kind of comes in, you know, had had his hair, it was short, but he wasn't bald. Nope. And of course, what what do you say about... And that was it. It can be thinning. It can be, like, really, 
what it is. Like you, it just it can't be. It has to be there. Mm-hmm. That's the rule. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. So again, then you had uh, Trump and Biden. I mean, Biden's going bald, but he's thin. But he's he had hair. He did. Mm-hmm. He does. And mm-hmm. so, anyway, I just like to say, like, what happened to the good old days of John Adams yeah. and his son John Quincy? Okay. Martin Van Buren. Mm. It was the sideburns too. Man, like he had just, bald head and solid, sideburns. Solid chops. James Garfield. Mm. We actually haven't had that many truly bald yeah, presidents. Benjamin but. Harrison on there? Did you? Was no. he on there? He, well, I don't know if he was. He was. I don't think he was bald. No, there's him. some guys who are pretty thin, but they didn't mm. actually qualify as that. So I, I got a question. Do you think in the days yeah. of Rogaine and hair plugs that we're ever, ever going to see a bald president again? I would like to. I, maybe our podcast is going to go viral because of this conversation. And it's just it's going to spread like wildfire. And people are going to realize that's what's been missing. Our politicians have let us down. Mm. Because they haven't been bald, so we're we're spinning the narrative a little bit here today. I tell you, so so we're gonna cha- we're gonna challenge you. Do not vote against someone because they're bald, and I'll probably encourage you don't don't vote someone for someone because they're bald. Um, <laughs> we don't want to elect Lex Just, Luthor. No, we don't do that. <laughs> so if they're bald and their policies are solid, solid. don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Right. Don't yeah. Don't be swayed Gosh. by their lack of hair. Thanks for that. Anyway, Bald of the Week. Dwight D., our last bald president, 70 years. Buried in Kansas. He's got his presidential library in Kansas. So I love Dwight. Uh, You know, Kansans of all politics love Dwight, right? I mean, that that seems to be an era where uh, you just – you think back to to what he did and his service in the military during World War Mm -hmm. II. And he he was a a, – the the interstate system. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. he was responsible for that. And, of course, the first stretch of interstate was built right outside my hometown, I-70, right through the Flint Hills. So It was funny. I was I was doing some research on his presidency, and it's like whenever you do that, you're like, oh, okay, some people really liked him and some people really didn't. Yeah, right. I'm sure that's every president we've <laughs> ever sure. heard. Just pretty much. <laughs> like, yeah. Pretty much. All right, um, Dwight. So, Dwight, Gosh. here you are. We're, what we're going to say is you were bald and you were president, and we like you because of it. I mean, that's great. There we go. National celebration. It will be March 20th, which is probably yesterday, if they're listening to this on Tuesday. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think Monday is uh, is the 20th. 20th, yeah. So it is it is the Feast of St. Joseph. So, um, I mean... It, I thought it was appropriate. We live relevant. in St. Joseph. Yeah, yeah. St. Joseph. So we live in St. Joseph, the Feast mm. of St. Joseph. So the Feast of St. Joseph is observed on March 20th. I think there's something on March 19th as well. Okay. So it's almost like a two-day thing, but yeah. it's an annual celebration in honor of St. Joseph. Yeah. And Joseph was the legal guardian of Jesus Christ and was venerated by Catholic Church as a patron saint of workers. Yeah, 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 of woodworkers. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which makes sense. Carpet. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So if you, I don't know, if you're in industry or whatever, like yeah. this, Joseph's your guy. Right. So this day is always celebrated during Lent and is typically observed by wearing red, mm. fasting, and caring for the poor and needy pro- uh, by providing them food. And so, uh, one, I thought this was great because we live in St. Joseph. Yeah. Two, I thought it was great because our, our church just did an enormous food drive. Yeah. Right. Uh, for InterServe, which was really exciting. So I'm like, good on you guys. You're, you're already ahead of the curve Yeah, in celebrating. We were celebrating St. Joseph, and we didn't know <laughs> we it. We didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought, I just asked you, what, what we do know a little bit about Joseph, not a lot. Yeah. But as you've kind of read, again, during Christmas seasons or even just when, I guess, not during that season, uh, what do you find in, in, uh, inspiring 
and motivating about his his character and his story? <clears throat> he it took a lot of guts <laughs> yeah. for him to to uh, be okay with the whole my fiance has been impregnated um, by a means outside of human you mm. know, uh, doing. You're not thinking <laughs> a lot of people bought that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and perhaps, I mean, I'm glad God stopped by to talk to him. Yes. You know, because, I mean, that's about as convincing as, as you can get. And it wasn't like a, well, I just felt in my gut or, you know, but had a had a was an angel an angel yeah stopped I think it was Michael okay because again mentioned him by name I think okay to... I think I want to say okay I mean either in way, one of the stories it's yeah. either Mary or Joseph's story one of them is mentioned by name gotcha so I have always assumed it was the same one but that's a dangerous assumption I suppose yeah so I wonder if he had a flaming sword though like it was like Joseph's mm. like I don't know if I'm buying this and then yeah. he pulls out the sword I was like, saying, hey, that's convincing okay, right. <laughs> I got my yeah. motivation. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so whatever it was, that conversation, you know, <clears throat> he he went forth and and didn't waver in his uh, in his duty, his yeah. ministry, his calling uh, to be a father to Jesus and to be a good husband to Mary and to um, face whatever accusations might have come their way. Uh, the other thing is this kind of you know Jesus was a carpenter. Jesus that was his trade, and so. Uh, I don't remember when Joseph, what scholars say about how long he lived, but he obviously lived long enough to pass on that trade to Jesus. Yeah. And so I thought that's that's heartwarming to me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and of course, that was expected in in that day and age. Um, his, his, the one that you know is is God's God's child. That that's mind blowing. It so. is kind of interesting. How do you discipline that? Or did he have yeah. to? Because it's Jesus. Did I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you think about Jesus Getting maturing. You know, troubled so. waters here, mm-hmm. theologically speaking. But yeah, no, I mean, it is uh, like honorable what he did. And because, you know, it's, I mean, obviously Mary is going to take um, a good portion Huge. of grief. Yeah. Uh, but him and defending yeah. her. If and, it wasn't for him, I mean, who knows what right. could have happened to Mary, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting because like, we don't really know a lot about him. I know I've read. Because he does, he does, he's dead mm-hmm. by the time Jesus starts his public ministry. Or at least that's how it appears because he's it looks gone. Like, yeah. Um, so I know there's been various theories of again, he, I, you didn't live always that long back then. But also that, I guess one of the things I've read is that maybe this was a type of marriage where Joseph had lost somebody and Jesus's brothers. I always assumed that they were younger. Mm-hmm. But one of the ideas is that he had a family beforehand and was widowed. Gotcha. And Again, took Mary in, okay. um, Jesus in. So, but we, I don't know. This is all speculation, just based on a few little tidbits of church yeah. historical stuff. And so, sure. In either case, whether it was, hey, this was somebody who is he was engaged to, who it appears that she um, violated their engagement, um, or it's an older man taking in and caring for um, a destitute woman who, mm-hmm. again, looks like there's been a violation. I think he's just got a lot of honor yeah. and character there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, mm. patron saint of workers. That's awesome. Um, also, because this is a day where we would highlight yeah. um, caring for the poor and needy uh, and providing them for food, I thought maybe you could just highlight some local organizations that are doing a good mm-hmm. work on that, and then yeah. maybe even pray for them for us. Yeah. First one that comes to mind is Faith in Action. Mm-hmm. Um, one, because of their, talking about being a woodworker, they build ramps for uh, people who need a ramp for mobility. 
huh. access to their houses. And so n- a number of people in our church have been involved with faith in action, and they have um, shown up on site to a house to build a ramp free. Well, it may not be, I don't know if it's free of charge, but it's extremely cheap. It's like and, pay and, for the materials yeah, and a ramp. Yeah, and, and I think even in some circumstances, depending on the person's ability, they, they may get a free ramp. And so, hmm. you know, all of that skill and labor. But then they also, like, they'll, they'll do rides for the elderly who need a ride to doctor's appointments and things like that. So Very they have cool. people have to call and schedule that ahead. Uh, and they do just a, a bunch of other things that can easily go overlooked that if they're not doing it, sure. then there's there's a hole, there's a gap that someone, maybe the local church, has to fill. And of course, as local churches you know, do sometimes, it's, it's, it can be easy to, to miss some of those really practical things. Yeah. You know? I love ministry that doesn't have a lot of pomp and circumstance yeah, to you. Know, right. Really, like, yeah. Good work. You there. do do the little things right, and uh, so yeah, faith in action. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's say a prayer for for our friends. Let's do it. Okay, gracious uh, God, we we do thank you for those who walk in light of uh, who who the, uh, they they've they've experienced your grace and uh, they've um, been touched by by you in some way that it causes them to. Uh, live in our community in a way that's generous and hospitable and, and caring for the least. I mean, if, if nothing else, oh God, um, that, that is what you your heart is, is for anyone who is the least, who has been um, downtrodden by life and, and circumstances. Um, we do thank you for organizations such as Faith in Action who do things that maybe to some people just doesn't seem that impressive, but uh, to, to those who receive a ramp at their house, it changes their life. Uh, okay. For those who uh, can count on having a ride when they need it and don't have to stress about that, uh, it's, it's a big deal, and perhaps it's a reminder to them of your presence with them. So in all of uh, Faith in Action's doings, because I know they do more than that, um, Lord, I pray that you would bless them and bless everyone in our church, uh, everyone here in St. Joe who is a Christian who in some way um, not only looks like like Joseph in, in the way that he, he cared for um, a vulnerable young woman, um, a young baby, um, but also, Lord, we know that that's what we see modeled in, in you as well. So we're thankful for, for the uh, rich example of faith that we follow in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this day in history... We're about, to, we're about to get serious here. Um, good night. Here we go. Um, but I was fascinated by this, so I, I put it on here. March 23rd, uh, 1933, the Enabling Act. Mm. So the German Reich grants Adolf Hitler dictatorial powers. Um, so basically the Enabling Act allowed the Reich government to issue laws without the consent of Germany's parliament, laying the foundation for the complete Nazification of the German society. The law was passed on March 23, 1933, and published the following day. Its full name was The Law to Remedy the Distress of the People and the Reich. Mm. So some key facts about this. Adolf Hitler and the Nazi Party used intimidation and persecution to uh, ensure the passage of the law. They prevented all 81 communists and 26 of the 120 social democrats from taking their seats, detaining them in Nazi-controlled camps. Off to a great start here. Yeah, uh, number two, German judges did not challenge the law. They viewed Hitler's government as legitimate and mm. continued to regard themselves as state servants who owed uh, him their allegiance and support. Yikes. 
And really, the Enabling Act becomes kind of the cornerstone of Hitler's dictatorship. So had you heard of this act before? In passing, okay. but nothing, you know, I mean, as I'm reading that, it just it, it just seems, <laughs> it's, it's shocking yeah. um, to see what, what things devolved into. Yeah, and it's like just going that that's the really probably a, a major moment mm-hmm. where, again, we're 1933, so yeah. I mean, 15 years later, mm-hmm. where, where this is going to you know, be is frightening. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, what I was just thinking through is what would lead, um, one, you've got like judges who are, are accepting this, but even just the, the people. Yeah. Um, Obviously, there's some that are not going to be behind this as they were detained in camps to do that. But uh, well, there was an environment that I think that actually allowed this to happen um, in in some respects. And so I'm just thinking through that. Um, and in these moments, I always like to go, well, I would have taken a stand or whatever. But that's probably not the case. I would. Sure. So sure. what would lead a yeah. people to maybe accept or as something like this is unfolding uh, to go along with it, do you think? Yeah. Um, so World War One plays so much into mm. this, and um, if anyone hasn't been to the World War One Museum in Kansas City, man, it is a fantastic. Uh, you can spend hours upon mm. hours there. And a few years ago, I had the opportunity to do that. And one of the things they do is show how um, World War One and its consequences for Germany, um, basically, because Germany was on the losing end of World War One. Um, they were, they had all these sanctions. I mean, their country was destroyed, and so by the time 1933 rolls around, mm. um, they're still um, under the heavy weight of the the international community, still paying all sorts of of, of money to the international community, still rebuilding. Um, there was a, a loss of a sense of national pride mm. uh, among the the German people, and so. Uh, Adolf comes in and he basically speaks to that. Mm-hmm. Um, people felt um, basically there was a lot of scapegoating going on where who who are the people that um, put us in this position in, in the first place, mm-hmm. you know? And so then, um, I mean, and, and first we, we say, well, Jews, I mean, that was the, the big picture, but it wasn't just Jews. It was, it was gypsies. Mm-hmm. Um, it was people in the government, uh, other, other officials, other parties yeah. that um, refused to get on board with, with what Adolf uh, was saying and his Nazi party was saying. Um, and so really a lot of it was this, um, this desire to say who's to blame and then because they're to blame, we've got to get rid of them. You know, get revenge, and of course, we see um, <laughs> it's one thing to take revenge um, in maybe some other more subtle ways, but obviously this was the worst that we've seen. Um, I mean, we might just say in in all of human history. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, so well, and it, like I mean, even uh, just looking at kind of the idea of the events is that they're they he was already strong enough to have like camps where he could. De- people. So like even yeah. before this launches, yeah. um, there's already that kind of, mm. of happening. Sure. And, so, and I think even the, the, the name of the law that they put out there, right, <laughs> speaks to what you're saying. What are they, what are they pushing with people? Mm-hmm. The law to remedy the distress of the people yeah. and the Reich. And so yeah. it's this idea of this is where we can yeah. find freedom. Yeah, give, find freedom. Yeah. You know, give, give, give me the authority and the power to do these things yeah. and... I'll go get it for you. The I'll, strong man. Yes. I will be your savior. I will be your yeah. um, justice. I will be, you know, basically Hitler is saying, you know, if you give me the power, I'm going to turn this around and make us 
powerful. Yeah. Again. <laughs> so it's one of the things I'll encourage you. I'm not uh, in like just listen to that strongman argument in politics. That idea you of, see it everywhere, right? right? What you'll see is a de- demonizing of all the people around you, <laughs> sure. and then uh, someone claiming like I am the one strong enough yeah. to save you from it. Take and so, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not saying that everybody who ever says anything like that's evil, but sure. you might just have it on your radar right. in the next election yeah, cycle. Yeah, see yeah. what happens. Yeah, and and you know, and to really see because like it does happen everywhere. Like you, mm-hmm. you well, big pharma, um, big energy big yeah well, all of these things and yeah i mean it, it is good to have people that are going to work on our on on the behalf of the people right but you know i guess we have to figure out what is what is a healthy version yeah. of that of, of working for the people and 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 keeping the people's interests in mind versus uh, making everything sort of the the end of civilization, the end yes. of us, right? Um, and so, well, I think that's, that's the thing. Hard... Like the German suffering was yeah. real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean, people were were. I mean, a lot of innocent people that had nothing to do with the war suffered be, because of you know things that had happened. I mean, you got a bunch of people who never who didn't support it, but they're living in poverty because of the actions of of the German government and the military and all that stuff. And so. Um, well, and that's the thing. The problems are real. It's just mm-hmm. the people that will promise to fix them yeah. um, aren't always having the, the human suffering that's in front of them actually in sure. mind. Right, right. <laughs> Even if they say that's what they're up to. That's true. Again, I don't know. It can be true. Can you tell I'm skeptical? Well, you know. Generally. I hey, think you know what? God most ordained. of our <laughs> I know <laughs> most of our listeners. It's one of my. Too. It's one of my. Yeah, okay. It's one of my like least favorite truths of the Bible is that yeah. God like ordained right. the governmental institution. <laughs> right. I'm like, I want to. I want to be a libertarian, maybe to the extreme an anarchist, but sure. I can't because of the Bible. Can we? Darn take, it! Can we take that out? Or maybe <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's probably a way we could twist it. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people have. Yeah. Yeah. All uh, right. So you no. Yes, you preached. I did preach. You preached. You I haven't preach. yet, but you did, did. When they'll be listening to this, so we're gonna <laughs> talk. True. I was like confusing myself there for a second. And what a phenomenal message it was! Can I just tell you? Mm. I haven't listened to it, but I have read it. Appreciate that. And so, yeah, I am enjoying it. So we're we're continuing our series in Ecclesiastes called "Chasing the Wind." Mm. Um, and this week we're talking about the hevel of achievement, mm. uh, this idea of chasing achievement for achievement's sake. And uh, Ben's just going to, well, actually at this point, he's already probably giving you a gut punch or a two. Gut punch, yeah. um, so I just want to walk through kind of your, yeah, I, I kind of pulled mm-hmm. what I felt like your outline was. Yeah. And you start by really, the, the question that the teacher proposes is really what will become of my achievements. This yeah. is a concern, right? I've worked my whole life, accomplished all of these things. What's going to happen to it? Yeah. And so will you just kind of walk us through uh, the three answers that you saw the teacher kind of wrestle with yeah. and depress yeah. us a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things that I made the connection with is this idea of, of achievement, accomplishment. What it does in our brain is very similar to what, we, what you talked about mm. last week with... Um, Stuff, we had substance, sex, Mm. and spectacle. Mm. Like all of those in some way, um, of course, trying to break down pleasure and make it all scientific, you know, doesn't always work. But in in, in a way, there's that dopamine Mm -hmm. hit when we engage in these different things. And so I I found that also this idea of of achievement releases these same dopamine chemicals. So I was thinking, well, this is sort of like an 
an addendum to what you talked about last week, um, mm. but it kind of stands on on its own because it's such a big thing for us. But the idea of what will become of my achievements, the things that I work for, um, mm. the things that I could say, man, at the end of my life, this is what I have to my name, you know, to give to somebody else. And so the teacher in um, Ecclesiastes 2 begins by saying, well, you know, it's it's all hevel because at the end it's gonna it might it might go to those who are foolish. Mm. Everything that I worked so hard for and was, you know, in all of my wisdom, it might go to someone who is not gonna handle it correctly or mm. properly, right? And so I thought that was kind of an interesting thing because he's not saying it will, but he's like because he even says it he's might looking go to at someone his kids who's wise. and going <laughs> I'm not all that hopeful here. <laughs> this, is, this is not looking like it's going in the right trajectory. So uh, so he's worried about, you know, um, there's the possibility that it's just going to go to waste in the hands of, of fools and not those who are going to care as much about it as, as I did. So that's One might argue that if he spent less time drinking, <laughs> perhaps, and discipling his children, then maybe go. this would be less of a concern. There you go. There you go. Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> so that's his first answer to that question, what will become of my work? The mm. second one is something along the lines of, will my work be undone by lazy whippersnappers, right? Those who didn't do anything to earn what I have spent all my life creating. Um, <laughs> so uh, I can't well wait to hear this. <laughs> I'm going to be watching this on Sunday. <laughs> so, I'm looking forward to this point. This is uh, this is one that probably every generation has, has battled, you know? I don't... I mean, already, like I have... A very jaded view of Gen Z. You know, I'm we're we're both older millennials, mm-hmm. and I really don't like lumping myself in with millennials, to be honest. Um, but I'd rather like, could they just get a year or two and be considered a <laughs> Gen, Gen X. I just want to be a Gen X. I don't know what the, why, but maybe because millennials are. I mean, we're it have over the last most of my life have a bad rap for everything that's wrong in in the world because most of, of them can grow man technology. We're just a little jealous, maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah, that could be <laughs> could be part of it. Um, you know, so but but that's sort of. I mean, every generation has had these sort of similar feelings. Is that you know the generation underneath them just are lazy, they're not good for anything, um, and and not worthy of the work that we put in, mm. you know? And so there's that sense uh, in which the, the teacher's like, you know, this this is work is hevel because it's going to go to people who are just going to waste it. Because, Squander. Yeah. I mean, they didn't, yeah. they're not going to appreciate it because they didn't have to work for it, mm. right? And, and of course, there's... I get it. I mean, I, this is not a, a sermon that that's supposed to tell people... Hey, just just quit working. Yeah, be right. lazy, right? That's not the point of this, but hopefully we can see through that. But uh, then the third answer that I saw in there uh, to what will become my work is the work is just not worth the, the return on the investment. The things that I've done um, at the end of the night, there's more sleepless nights. There's more. There's more anxiety. And so if you're mm. weighing the balances of my accomplishments, my achievements versus you know stress and anxiety. Um, the teacher saying it seems like stress and anxiety wins out on this one. Mm. Just seems like it's just not worth all of that effort. This is why I don't. I actually, I think he's got a good point there. I just don't want to be that important, probably for that reason. Mm. No, I think that's um, maybe that's what I tell myself, mm-hmm. so that I'm not dissatisfied. Not dissatisfied. with what I've accomplished. I'm happy with that. <laughs> I'm mo, not lazy. Mo money, mo problems. Right. I'm right? just spending my time differently. Mm-hmm. 
So then, and then of course the the truth of the matter. Just a brief, because mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know. Well, they've heard they're it. They're listening. Now, so, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, You've already so preached it. I've it's already good. preached the message. It's already been. This given. isn't a preview. You this can go to YouTube recap. right now, and you can go find it. <laughs> that's right. Um, is you that... might say something now that makes it its way into Sunday. <laughs> right. This is. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Good. That's right. I'm, I'm testing out. This is an interesting way, way to of do doing this. this yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, so he talks about work, uh, sort of, it's it's a gift from God, and he also mentions eating and drinking mm. as well, um, that these things are given to us uh, by God, and, and maybe that's where we go astray with with work mm. and achievements, and then all the, the S's from last week, and, and you had pointed yeah. that out, that's where we go astray is, is, you know, one is that we say, well, all bad you know, we become Gnostics in a sense, mm. where everything earthly, everything everything fleshly is to be avoided, or becoming an ascetic, yeah. you know. And so the teacher's not saying that the only answer is for us to become a monk or a nun and live in a, in a cave and close ourselves off to all pleasures. Um, and so I'm going to encourage... I encouraged people to, um, to, to receive work and food and drink as, as a gift and have... And, and when we receive it as a gift, then we... Hopefully, we respond with it, with an attitude of thankfulness. Yeah. Um, and if it's a gift from God, it's a resource. It's something that will never run out, never run dry. And I think a part of the issue with our extremity, our extremism towards pleasures, is that we just think we have to get it all right now because it's going to mm. run out. You know, it's like when we um, when we didn't live near a Chick fil A, and every time we passed by Chick fil A, I was like, we got to stop, right? Because I don't know when we're going to be near a Chick fil A again. And now, glory, hallelujah. I don't have to go every day because I can go any any day except for Sunday. <laughs> yeah. So you know, so there, there's that that sense in which if we if we look at gift and pleasures as uh, or as if we look at pleasures and work as a gift from God, um, perhaps it'll get it'll, we can step back from from the um, perspective of we just got to fill up more 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 yeah. and worry about the leaking bucket that doesn't hold it all. Um, well, it's like I mean, I think too. You like highlight this highlights the point that work is was actually in the garden. Mm-hmm. Like this is it's not a, even like a sin thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, tending to the garden. Right? This was a, uh-huh. this was a part of what yeah. it meant to be in partnership with with God. Yeah, um, which I guess that's may, maybe too. Like again, this is maybe directed at the person that like wants to work too much. I think the other mm-hmm. thing we do see in our society, yeah. people who would avoid it at all costs. Yeah. Um, but like, sure. work is a part of what it means to be human. Absolutely. And again, the unhealthy tie that he's challenging here is that when that mm. becomes your identity, yeah. um, that's problematic. Mm. Um, but at the same time, it is something that, like, to be truly human, I think we have to work. Yeah. Um, and there's yeah. such dignity and beauty in that. And yes, so, like you said, you can make achievement and doing stuff to where you it consumes you right. in a negative way. Um, and maybe that's where Sabbath comes in as the Ex- gift. Yeah, you know. Well, absolutely. That it, it is this kind of rhythm, yeah. um, but at the same time, like what people need. I think this is why I really, when you're working with, uh, you know, groups of people that are that are struggling or whatever, a big part of them finding dignity and worth is providing them opportunity to do a good work mm-hmm. because that's yeah. It's not just Absolutely. about uh, doing something for ourselves, but it's right. actually how we image God in the world. That's good. And I do like your point about us being patient in that, because the mm-hmm. first work depicted is farming. Mm-hmm. Today in Bible study, we were looking at yeah. the like the faith life being depicted as agricultural, mm-hmm. and that sense of there's this, you do 
some toil, you plant the seed, you work, yeah, yeah. and um, right. the gift comes later. Yeah. And there's this element of faith and trust That's good. and yielding and, and trusting God to, mm-hmm. to bring it about. And so, yeah, I, I and I think that's uh, very, very helpful. Very helpful. I love that. So work, it's a gift from God. It's a gift Amen. from God. And then just going to double down, like the KFC double down sandwich. Mm. Have you seen that? I haven't done it yet. Two chicken breasts with bacon and cheese in the middle of it. That sounds... We What did I call that? We used to have where we take a double cheeseburger and a um, McChicken, oh. <laughs> stick them together. <laughs> Called it the abomination of desolation. Yeah, that would be it. KFC has its own version. Cool. That's right. So, but uh, double down on what we've been saying really since the beginning of this this series is that fulfillment can only come from God, mm-hmm. and I don't think we can say that enough. No, because we forget it every day. Yeah, <laughs> or we live in ways that betray whether we believe that or not. You know, absolutely, it only comes from God. And um, well, and that's where the, all of these things, are the dangers, they become idolatrous mm-hmm. in the sense that mm-hmm. they, the thing that's supposed to point us, or again bring something that is a good gift from God into our lives and fulfill us and give us purpose and meaning becomes the thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then that actually robs it, robs us of any purpose or meaning. Oh, for sure. And distracts us from our God. You bet. So easy. So it's easy. It's like, man. And it's really not that complicated. Like you said, it could feel repetitive, but gosh, it's like, yeah. and then you look around and you're like, oh, this is served up five million different ways sure. every day, all sure. day. <laughs> And I never live it out. Yeah. Like, what is that? Yeah. Yeah. Life under the sun. Life under the sun. I love this book has been, it's just, it's just a helpful reminder. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's been, it, gosh, I mean, it it was in a sense, it was easy to write the message, but it was also (laughs) like, I'm just, I'm just not used to having those kinds of points that make us sit with some tension there. Yeah. And of course, at some points, I, I try and iron it out a little bit um, before we even get to the conclusion. Um, so it's just trying to find that balance of letting the teacher speak. Yeah. And 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 really, for those who are reading through Ecclesiastes, um, there are moments where you read and, and he kind of puts a bow tie on it and kind of has a little conclusion. Of course, at the very end, his conclusion is simple, but it's powerful, and we know it to be true. Um, but it's just good for us to, to go through those those emotions, those thoughts, um, and know that the Bible isn't deaf. God is not deaf yeah. to human understanding yeah. on this side of eternity. Well, I think that's because his conclusion isn't even what you draw. You actually get the narrator's mm-hmm. conclusion of his words, right? And that's I think true. That's, yeah, it is. I think that's why it's an yeah. encouragement, and it's okay to do exactly what you're doing, where yeah. you're kind of like wrestling with it and helping people work through it. Yeah. Because I think at the end, the narrator, not in, in all translations, he doesn't come off as critical or negative, yeah. but um, I've read enough scholars to go, I, I think there's some, like, yes, why, I introduced you to this guy, I want you to, but he's almost a little critical of the teacher. Yeah. And so taking some time to go, where is the teacher, like, really giving us something to ponder, but also let's take a step back and read this in light of God's goodness, in light of eternity, because yeah. he's really giving you the perspective under the sun. Yeah. And that's good to wrestle with, sure. sympathize with, um, but we also have to remember we, we have a God that lives above it. Yeah, um, for sure. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, I like uh, one of the things that he mentions to close out chapter two is, you know, the, the one who um, is wise with, with their work who lives under God's counsel and wisdom, 
um, that they will find happiness in what they do, mm. but it's the sinner who their attitudes are just um, the contrary mm. to, to wisdom. They're the ones who their work will be given away to mm. those who didn't work for it. Yeah. And so that's sort of one of his conclusions there at the end of chapter two. That is, And that is a great encouragement, right? That the mm-hmm. Lord will take the efforts of, of the wicked and use them to benefit his people. There you go. Because it can feel like it's the opposite. Yeah. You, you have a God that sees that yeah. and will turn that thing over on its head. Yeah. And even the teacher sees that. Right, he sees it. Yeah, even through, through heaven, yep. through the fog, Amen. smoke. Well, brother. It was a great message. It was a great message. <laughs> this is our prophetic <laughs> word right here. There. there you go. I love there it. You go. Awesome. Um, things coming up this week. Uh, this weekend on Saturday, uh, March 25th, uh, we've got a prayer walk happening here at the church. Many of you might have gotten invitations. Again, let us know that you're coming so we can have treats and coffee for you. Again, this is just an encouragement to come be involved in our outreach campaign. Um, for those who can't walk around the neighborhood, so again, walk around the neighborhood will cover, um, I think it's like a half mile in every direction is what we're aiming for. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who, again, maybe aren't capable of doing that, you can, we'll have rooms set up here at the church for prayer. Um, and so again, come uh, join. Pastor Cindy will be leading that. Um, so let us know you're coming. And then on the 26th, I'm hosting uh, some a group at my house. Um, 2 p.m. I think is when we're going to meet. So we'll probably have, my wife was talking, we were talking chili, and then she's like, I kind of want to do a Philly cheesesteak soup. There's going to be something in a pot. Something's going to be good. That's delicious. Yeah. I can guarantee that. Yeah. And then um, the youth uh, will hopefully be there. Um, and they've been, again, just raising awareness this month for a freedom firm, which rescues girls in India out of the sex trade. And so uh, there's a guy who's running... 900 miles this month for the 900 girls that they've saved. And so we might do a little walk around Lake Contrary just to uh, participate in that and pray for that work. Um, For those of you that can't walk or don't want to walk, you can cheer the group on and play Koob against Ben... I'll be bringing in my, backyard. my new Kube set. And I might work. encourage my wife to go walk so I can take on the Kube challenge. Let's we'll do see it. what happens. Great. But anyway, those are happening. And then uh, just, again, look on the church website. Uh, Holy Week is a busy week. Yes. we got Canto Corral on April 1st, um, Palm Sunday, and then Easter week there's... Uh, gosh, there's the Seder dinner on Thursday. Is there anything Monday through Wednesday that I missed? No, thankfully. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's right. We've got a community good so- Friday service at uh, Grace Calvary Chapel, 530 and 730. If you can, RSVP at Good Friday, Saint spelled out, Joe.com. Yep. Let them know they're coming. Last we checked, it was like 900 people already, uh, RSVP. Between like seven churches. Seven churches Mm -hmm. coming together to celebrate Christ's crucifixion. Dude, this is pretty cool. It is. It it, it is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So yeah, come out to that, and then join us Easter Sunday, um, 9, 15, 10, 45. You bet. I miss anything? No, I think you covered it well. Like (laughs) you said, go go to the church website, wyattparkcc.org, and you'll see all of that stuff. And... We'd love to see you. I'd love to celebrate uh, Jesus with you. Well, folks, beware of the bears. Grace and peace out.